collision repair shop owners make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Fender Bender editor Todd Quartermeyer, and in this episode I'm joined again by Fender Bender columnist Greg Lobsiger, who will be expanding upon the topic he covered in his February column, achieving higher gross profits through estimating. Greg goes more in depth here about why sharper estimating is so important and what owners can do to interrogate their shop processes right away. And now, here's our conversation. Well, hello, everyone. Joined here by uh, Fender Bender columnist Greg Lobsiger. Um, Greg has written a column for February uh, about estimating gross profits, and uh, hopefully you all have read that. If not, I will drop a link to it in the description for this episode. But uh, to start off with, Greg, if you want to kind of um, give a summary for those uh, who maybe haven't read it or, um, you know, the importance of this topic about, um, you know, estimating gross profits and why sharpening that up is so important to your bottom line. Sure. The uh, the gross profits, I mean, we can we can try to, to you know, I, w- I won't say beat up our vendors, but, you know, try to negotiate with our vendors, our best parts discounts and our best paint discounts and and all those things and, and try to, and, and we can help our, our gross profit, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we want our vendors to be able to make a living too, you know, so uh, we want to be fair to them and them and they be fair to us. But on the, uh, uh, on the flip side too, you know, as far as our technicians, you know, we're not out after trying to short our technicians for what they've earned. And so we've got to be, uh, we got to definitely be fair to our techs and we want to pay them all we can because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're what, uh, they, they're the guys that really make the money at the end of the day, as far as, uh, adding value back to the, back to our businesses. But, um, as far as uh, increasing our gross profit, the absolute easiest way to do it is by uh, better estimating. And uh, there's so many, I've, I've, I've looked at quite a few estimates, uh, especially in the last 12 months, and, and it's just, um, it really bothers me. Let me just put it that way, of, of how many how many guys are, are doing so many operations for uh, and, and not charging for them. And uh, uh, my uncles, uh, they were the same way. They, for years, uh, we, we gave away a lot of money, and I'm talking six to seven figures of uh, of uh, stuff that we did that we just never charged for, never knew we could charge for. And so that so back to the column. The uh, reason for it was just to let people know that hey, uh, and there are some. I have some very good mentors that can uh, can write estimates uh, right around me, as far as that goes. And I feel that I'm a I'm a decent, a pretty decent estimator. But I just see uh, so many things that people leave off the table, and especially in the last year or two, um, you know, with the inflation increasing and so forth, and then insurers suppressing labor rates and, and uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, keep them suppressed, let's word it that way. Well, then we've got a, uh, you know, we, we know we can do a copay with our, our vehicle owner and so forth, but uh, I still want to make sure that, you know, I'm paying premiums just like everybody else is. And uh, it, I expect to uh, get something in return. And so one of the ways we can, as far as a, a shop owners and, and estimators is, is to write good, complete estimates. And so anyhow, I, uh, it, uh, um, you know, I had the example I had in the article there was uh, uh, on uh, changing a quarter panel. And I've seen, you know, guys, and even I was the same way, my uncles and I were the same way for, you know, the insurer write 45 hours to change a quarter panel. And you just thought, well, that's all you can get. And, and anymore, you know, if we're at, if we're anything less than 75 to 80 hours to change a quarter panel, I, we consider it as a failure because there's so many things that we have to do to change a quarter. And, and, and it comes into welded in radiator supports and uh, let's say even part of an aperture or just fill in the blank, you know, and all according to what the uh, OEs say, you know, is the procedure. But uh, I just, 
I, I just fill up a huge void that uh, of, of, of shops that are, are not writing uh, complete estimates. So, um, but that is one of the easiest ways to uh, increase your profitability. Uh, if you have a, let's say you're, uh, let's say you're, uh, I think I actually put it in the article this way, but let's say that uh, your gross profit is at 42% and you're at a 35% overhead. So you have your gross profit at 42, you minus your overhead of, of 35, and now you're left with, with 7% a net profit. And, uh, uh, and any more, I'm, I just heard some numbers last week that uh, uh, 10% is almost on the high range of what people are getting as far as net profit. And, and any well-ran business should be able to get close to a 20% net profit. And I know there's guys that are so quick to point fingers at the insurers and I, I, I you know, the labor rates and not included operations and all those things. But we, we as shop owners, we have to write good, complete estimates. And, and you can't just throw stuff on an estimate and expect it to get paid. You, you've got to have proof and you got to document, you know, you got to have good photos. And in so many shops, <laughs> I've had guys that said, hey, just send me a copy of your estimate with uh, some photos. And they send me the estimate with in the estimates, of course, got things that are missing. And then uh, I'm trying to help them, trying to help so they can write better sheets. And I'll, they'll send me the photos. And I'm sorry, but they're pathetic. They're absolutely pathetic. And um, taking photos, is, is good photos, really isn't that hard. Um, uh, for any shop out there that doesn't have a PDR light that you can use in your blueprinting department, you, you get your bullfold out and, and go buy a good PDR light because that will help you. You're not here to do anything fraudulent or anything like that, but it will definitely help show, um, you know, the, the size of the dent. And, and uh, there's, you know, I'll see guys that will take try to take dent photos in a shadow, you know, and they're outside and the, and the sun's on the other side of the car. And that's pathetic. You know, you, you have to look at, at when you're getting ready to send something into, um, uh, you know, uh, even whether it's open shop or whether you're um, just sending an email or whatever, you, you've got to put yourself in the position of that uh, appraiser, adjuster, whoever it might be, that's reviewing that on the other side. Because, you know, these insurance companies uh, with, with appraisers, I mean, there are so many layers above them that you know they're they're getting um, their supervisor or supervisors are getting audited if that makes sense I mean it's like the, the the layers are just unbelievable and why in the world did you pay for that and if you don't have a good photo uh, you shouldn't get paid for it that's just the way it is you're not owed it because you haven't proved it and I understand we shouldn't have to do this stuff but hey this is the business we're in and if you don't like it sell your shop and go do something else but that's the that's the world we're in and after 38 years it hasn't changed and uh, we have to figure out how to how to uh, have a high profitability shop inside the the current um, market conditions that we have. Now, granted, again, we want to we want to make them pay all we can. But anyhow. So when you're having these conversations with your fellow shop owners, you know, what are some of the, I guess, objections that um, you get or, you know, what are people saying like, oh, I, I can't do that or you know, that's too tough to implement? And what would your you know, responses to those be um, you know, when you hear those? Well, and again, it's it's a it's a mental. Um, you, you have to you have to, to slaughter the sacred cows, you know. And, and this is the way we've always done it, or anything like that. That you 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 if you want if you do everything exactly the same, nothing's going to change. And so we have to start thinking outside the box. And uh, and you know, I think what's the old saying too? Back to um, honey gets uh, more bees than vinegar, I think, or something like that. As as I think the saying goes. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're not here. 
here to uh, to fight. Uh, nobody wants to do that. We don't want to go home with an ulcer uh, with dealing with the uh, insurance side. Uh, but they have families too, and 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 uh, um, so we got to try to try to work with these people. And granted, some of them are blockheads. We get that, you know. And and then you have to either involve the customer, or the agent, or whatnot uh, to try to get try to get some things moving. But anyhow, back to the owner. Um, you know, most of the problems in in 90% of the problems, and most a lot of shop owners don't realize this, 90% of the, the problems in our industry, um, and I'm just going to say it, um, granted, we, we understand there's labor rate issues and there's MSOs and there are huge discounts that they get with paint vendors and parts suppliers and, and you know, all the stuff that they're doing. And, and, uh, and I could say a lot on that side of it. But uh, at the end of the day, 90% of the problems in our shop are, are because of the owner. And uh, I, I took me a long time to realize this, but through a lot of mentoring, I figured out that there is so much room for improvement inside of our shops that so many, so many do not realize that we are actually the main problem. The person looking back at, at us in the mirror, that's the problem. And, you know, and how we lead our people, uh, even how we incentivize our people, um, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. But, you know, we want to make sure we had, have correct pay, uh, pay plans. Um, you know, even far as uh, back to estimating uh, total loss charges, you know, there's there's things that uh, uh, years ago that I mean, like I say with my uncles and, and for 15 years, I worked for them from 85 to 2000. We gave away so much money that, uh, you know, total losses, uh, you don't really want to necessarily have that as a crutch as an income stream. But uh, why it's still here and the, and the AI hasn't directed the cars to uh, certified shops and all that, why it's still here. Um, we need we need to charge for everything that we do, and that could be crash wrap and of course uh, storage and admin fees and uh, parts carts and uh, you know all the things that we're doing um, on the uh, total losses, especially teardown. You know you, you do you, your tech spends four hours doing a teardown, they're going to be nice and give you two hours. No no no, that's not how this works. You know we're going to there's the R and I on an estimate. Everything that we took off, you're going to pay for all the R, all the removal. And uh, so if it, your, your time comes up to whatever that may be, you, 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 you know, that includes an R&I, then you'll, and you'll, you'll cut it in half and that's what they're going to pay. That's just the way it is. And uh, uh, the days, and I won't get into actual rates, but as far as storage rates inside and outside and all those things, um, you really need to look at that because look at what your property is worth. Uh, and I always uh, want to do the math when it, when it comes to, uh, in, in my shop, uh, in my shop, and I won't get into real particulars here, but in my shop, every bay is worth $200,000 uh, a year. Every bay produces 200 grand a year. And so you take that 200 days, 200,000, and let's just say, let's say we're gonna be nice and not charge them for the weekends for inside storage, even though we're still storing it. Now you could include the weekends as, you're gonna be as outside storage, but maybe you're gonna be nice and not charge them the inside storage because we're not working on Saturday and Sunday. But you take that 200,000 and you divide it by 253 working days that we have this year. That means that each bay, each bay is worth $790. And so we come along and we want to charge, throw out a number, whatever that is. Let's say if I want to charge $150 a day inside storage, I'm actually giving them a deal. And uh, but, you know, they come up for air. No, listen, every bay in my shop is worth $200,000 because that's how much each, I take my bay times my um uh, each bay times the, um, the divide the, the the amount of bays by our uh, gross sales for the year. I'm sorry that that gets us to be 200 grand, and that's the fact. So anyhow, I could I could run down that trail for a long time. So 
Yeah, that's a great example. And uh, you also give an example in the column of, um, you know, fine tuning the estimate process and really laying out, you know, all those things that are involved. Um, what are some things, I guess, kind of the, what is the takeaway for the listener, the shop owner out there of, of what they should go and do and interrogate about their business, you know, starting right away? Um, well, one thing I would do is uh, first off is stop writing uh, uh, parking lot estimates. It, it's a total waste of time. Um, I know there's some guys that, boy, you know, I just can't get my customers to, to do it. Over the years, it took, again, you got you to gotta slaughter those sacred cows. At the end of the day, uh, we're the ones. We are the ones that um, where the problem is of writing parking lot estimates. Or just like with us in the last six months, we've been able to, uh, our front end estimator has gotten very good at uh, uh, discussing copays, you know, and whether you want OEM parts or, or Chinese parts, you know, and, and this is going to be the difference. Or, or XYZ insurance company is extremely uh, hard to deal with, and there will be a copay. We'll be happy to repair your car. But uh, there's going to be a copay, and I uh, just have to be aware aware of that. But um, <clears throat> the other thing is too, as far as blueprinting, I, I don't know what the numbers are exactly on the independents, but I would say, you know, probably only half of the independent shops out there are really truly doing a 100% blueprint. And how when I see I see guys that are negotiating with insurance companies before they ever have taken the car apart. Which is which is insanity. I, I just I am like, why are you you are totally wasting your time because nobody, whether it's the shop or whether it's the insurance company, uh, nobody uh, outside of God is going to know what that car needs until we get it apart. So so blueprinting, I I don't care if if the insurance company. I look at a job or we look at a job and say, man, this is probably going to be whatever. Throw out a number, eight thousand dollars, and we see an insurance company photo estimate for a thousand dollars. And we we're, we've got a schedule to come in. We're going to take it apart. We're I don't I don't care if they wrote ten dollars. It doesn't matter until we get the car apart. Nobody knows what it's going to need. Then we take it completely apart. Then we document, get our OE procedures, take all of our photos we need. Um, line notes. Line notes are extremely important. If you're going to put something other than clicking that uh, on a R and I or an R and R that uh, doesn't leave an asterisk. Anything else that leaves an asterisk or an underline or something, you, you've got to have a line mode. And that comes down to like in CCC, your part code table, uh, where you can have that pre-set up uh, to where it, it can take you very little time. And it takes time to set it all up and have all the line notes in there. But all you got to do is click on an ad, click an ad, and uh, uh, then the work is already done. And uh, anyhow, that the, the blueprinting process, I mean, a 100% disassembly. And this isn't about blueprinting, but one of the smartest guys I've ever met told me, he said, the blueprinting department is the question mark removal department. All questions are answered in the blueprinting department. And uh, just remember that. I mean, if if a car gets up to body and it's already been blueprinted and now they're finding more damage and finding more supplements, that is a total failure to a proper blueprinting process. That's a direct reflection. And all it does is create waste and there's the most valuable uh, commodity, and I guess you could call it a commodity in our shop. The most valuable thing in our shop is time. Time is the most valuable thing inside of our shop. And uh, uh, so many don't realize that. Um, so yeah. Well, excellent. Um, just want to ask if you have any um, final thoughts or final bits of uh, wisdom to leave listeners with out there on this topic? Um, I'll just one one thing I, I did want to bring up, and this is kind of a side note, but um, as far as our paint material profitability, um, there's a lot of really good uh, there's a lot of really good software out there. 
Uh, and I could rattle off a few names, but uh, there's there's uh, there's some some good companies out there that we can do uh, paint material invoicing that we can send. You know, and I hear guys, hey, I'm only making whatever, 15% or 20% or whatever on their paint materials. And then I'll see guys, you know, on Facebook and stuff respond back and say, well, you need to, you need to invoice, you need to invoice. And I, I, I see a place for invoicing and also most of the paint uh, companies uh, inside of their scales, they have where you can invoice directly out of there too. Um, and, and uh, you know, get the pricing and all that. But um, I, I'm just going to say this, that I, you have to be very, very careful if you think that um, invoicing your paint materials is the way to, um, you know, to get up, save into a 50% GP on your paint materials, um, you need to be careful because it can, it, paint material invoicing can be a band-aid for very bad estimating is what it can be. So if you write good estimates, and I'm, I'm talking that, um, and, and you need to track this. Well, I don't have a management system, then figure it out. If you get an Excel sheet, um, you know, outside of door handles and mirrors and stuff that you do for dealers, uh, say any job that's got more than one hour to refinish, just put an Excel sheet. If you're doing 25 cars a month, let's say just a smaller shop, um, put an Excel sheet and put in there um, what the refinish hours on each estimate. And that, that average at the end of the, each month, it should be at least 10, uh, 10 hours. I see guys that are at seven refinish hours. There, it's impossible for you to have a, a high um, paint material profitability uh, with writing seven hours average uh, per, uh, per estimate. But what they don't realize <laughs> is that you left all the labor on the table and we make a higher GP on labor than we do on paint materials. So uh, even though you invoice for higher for more materials, you left maybe th three hours on average of, of refinish hours, refinish uh, labor hours on the table. And, and guys wonder why they're not making any money. So they just, they, we've got to really use our head. There, there's, there's some great money in this business, uh, but we have to have the right knowledge. Well, we appreciate getting some of that knowledge from you today, Greg, and uh, sharing your expertise. And we'll look forward to talking to you next month and breaking down next month's column. So, sounds great, Todd. All right, thank you. Thank you.